Yeah. 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 I didn't like that one. We, we've been good the past couple of weeks. Y'all just all off the mark with the year. I don't know what's going on with y'all today. <laughs> Yo, y'all just uh, quarantine, bro. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Yurt Sports Show. Today, the whole gang is here. Clap it up for the whole gang, everybody. Yes. Clap it up. Clap, 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 clap. You got my baby. We got the living legend, one word, Larry Morgan. What's up, guys? What's up? I got my um technology and shit under under wraps, and now now I can join the family again. <laughs> I, was, hey. I was on my I was on my caveman shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pressing numbers into a rock, trying to get it to work. I feel you, bro. I get you. We got BK Matt in the building. Yeah. Also got my baby with me. So. Aww. Aww. Yes. <laughs> And the lovely, the angry sometimes <laughs> Queen Tavia, aka Queen Captain Falcon. Yeah. We, we will have a we will have a lot calmer episode this week. We will we will stray away from Paul Pierce and LeBron talk this week. <laughs> I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Well, with um. You know, one of the topics that we're talking about, LeBron may come up, but we mo- probably won't stay on that topic. We'll stay okay. on him. So, because it won't be about him. It'll be about uh, somebody who was, he was drafted with. So, we are talking about, uh, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about the 04 Detroit Pistons, and uh, we're going to break down the team a little bit. And uh, them drafting Darko Milicic over Carmelo Anthony. And if, they would have won the multiple rings with Carmelo Anthony or or not. Some say they do, some say, some say they would, some say they wouldn't. Um what do you think about it, uh, Tavia? Um, hmm. I think that they would have been a better offensive team with, with Melo. I think you can't you can't deny that the O three, O four season that they were the underdog championship winners when they faced um, the Lakers. And I think that they had a really solid core. But uh-huh. saying, I think, who said it? Ben Wallace? Yeah. There was a couple of them that said it. Yeah. but Yeah, Cha- Chauncey said it a while ago, but it kind of went under the radar. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. even down to their coach believed that Carmelo would have helped them win more championships. I, I think that any team he would have joined, especially at the, the Pistons at the time, he would have been an asset, not a detriment. So by saying that, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have made a bigger difference. That's disrespectful in a way. But um, I do think Carmelo would have made a, a a bigger impact on the Pistons than what was the name Darko Milicic? Darko Milic. Darko yeah. Milic. Milicic. Yeah. yeah. I believe so. I agree with I I agree with. Those are Milicic center though, right? Sorry, he was a power, a cent- he played center, right? Center, power forward. He was a big power, right? Yeah, he was he a was big, big motherfucker, son. He was like, what is that? Seven, seven, one or something? He was seven feet. Black. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the Pistons had Rip Hamilton, they had Chauncey, and they had Ben Wallace, but they didn't have 
somebody who was completely offensive minded. You get what I'm saying? What won them that championship to me was the defense. Mm-hmm. More a lot of people say we play for Richard Hamilton, but Richard Hamilton is not like just a scorer. He was just no, a, he wasn't. Yeah, he was a good all around player. He was a decent. Right. He was a decent shooter, and he was a decent defensive player as well. I, but out of, out of those piston that piston five, the, the five the five starters, mm-hmm. he was he was the the the. He wasn't a bad defender, but he was the worst one out of those five. He's not a bad. Of course, that's a, he he's not a bad spot. He's not a bad defender. Like, uh, like, like I said, I don't want people to think I'm saying I'm shitting on Rip Hamilton. I love Rip Hamilton. Yeah. I'm saying that out of the five, you know, on the on that floor in the starting five. Oh, Ben Wallace. The weakest, yeah, he was the weakest. Defensively. Yeah, defensively, he was the weakest. It was Ben Wallace. Oh, Richard Hamilton. Oh. No, I'm talking about strongest Ben Wallace. Strong, Wasn't he? Um, strong, oh, guys. Ben Wallace was definitely like the strongest. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Wallace, Hell yeah. ben Wallace was the strongest, and and and, and Tayshawn Prince was right there, right behind him. Yes, he yeah. was. Oh yeah, yes he was. And um, and the thing is too with that with that core team, they had a lot. They had decent chemistry. They finished the season that year with a 54-28 record, which isn't like oh my god amazing but it was really it was good enough to knock off the Lakers and I think they made it to the finals before that yeah it was better than what they were doing but I don't I don't think that Carmelo would have been uh he would have I don't think he should have come he would have been a starter but I think he would have been a good player to come off the bench at that time and I think that they lost to the Spurs the next year yes And, and, and that's the one uh that people are talking about like would he have made the biggest difference in the Spurs series being that the Spurs were the number one defense that year and Detroit was the number two defense that year. Because I mean, they, the it, offense it, it went to seven games. It went seven games. It went seven games, yeah. But the uh, thing is, too, they were both top one and two in defense. But Spurs, I don't – all right. It's hard to say because the Spurs team, the 05 Spurs team was stacked. Right? But I don't think that – not. I don't think having Carmelo on their team – would have been detrimental. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I think that it's kind of whack that Ben Wallace said that. You get what I'm saying? Like, Carmelo <laughs> is – I'm sorry. Carmelo, he's not a defensive player, but he's a hell of an offensive player. You get what I'm saying? And in the right mm-hmm. system, he would have been able to make an impact, mm-hmm. especially that early in his career. You get what I'm saying? But – yeah, I I don't think they would. I don't. I'm, I, I in another life, I don't. I can't see them beating the Spurs, but I don't see Carmelo being a detriment in that formula either. So yeah. that's my take. Got you, Larry. What do you think? Um, I right, Carmelo at forward. Who um refresh my memory? I, they had folks. They had Tremaine folks, right? Yeah. Um, at forward. Uh, yeah. Oker, I believe Prince. Prince, right? Prince, Prince. Yes. He played. He played. He played yeah. small forward. He played small yeah. forward. Yeah. He would have came. Rasheed, he would have came off the bench for for Prince, realistically. Rasheed, yeah, they have Rasheed was power from my remember. Um, he would have, yeah, he would have came off the bench, but um, they got um, they got Milicic for. Uh, I don't know, man. It's. I know Carmelo to be an offensive player. I'm not so sure about defense. I think they they were better off taking taking Milicic over Carmelo. I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there. And this is not this is not Carmelo hate, bro. I'm just saying they lost nothing. 
Melo would have been coming off the bench, bro. I mean, yeah, but Melo should came off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Well, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking, are we talking the, the, um, we're talking the 04 going into 05 team or the 03 going into 04? No, I'm talking okay. about the championship. Right. I'm talking about the championship. Oh, the cha- team. All right, right, right. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, um, what was their record again? It was like 50 something. Yeah, 54 28. Yeah, 54 28. Yeah, I remember it was over 50. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he, he played 34 games of, he played 34 games. He had, um, one rebound per game. Basically, I'm talking about Militic. Yeah. Had about, he played about four minutes per game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. had very below average, um, stats otherwise. And afterwards, he became kind of a journeyman for the remainder of his season, where Carmelo, you, you can consider him to be a franchise player. For a couple of the teams that yeah. he played with afterwards, I so, don't see where you're coming from. They they both came off the bench because Milicic for uh for Big Ben obviously, but um I you you just can't go wrong. I mean, I I think they 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 didn't make any mistakes. So. Melo's a shooter, that's true. He's an offensive player, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm being biased. I'm a defensive mark, so. Yeah, uh, Matt, what do you think? I I get what everybody is saying in in the base of everything. Um, Ben Wallace, I can't fault Ben Wallace for saying what he's saying because at the end of the day, they won a championship. So you can talk about you know what could have happened if he played on that team. Would they have won a championship? Would they have been the same defensive powerhouse that they were for like what two three years? It's yeah. not. It's, it, it, it's it's up for it's up for debate. But my idea of everything is Chauncey Billups played with Carmelo Anthony, I think, in 05. That was the only time he's ever made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And he was somewhat of a big brother to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony listened to everything that Chauncey had to say. That was his bet. So yeah. I look at it in the same aspect as if he went to, if he would have went to Detroit, Chauncey would have been his vet. And if you think Carmelo Anthony was going to be a Chuck or anything that he, like, Everybody can say about him, like that mind that he had when he was in Denver. If you thought he was going to be that in Detroit with Rasheed Wallace there and, and Ben Wallace there and Chauncey yeah. Phillips, sadly mistaken. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think Carmelo Anthony would have been a great presence off the bench. They lacked that bench offensive player. So much mm-hmm. so that Rasheed Wallace had to pick up the slack for that bench. So and he played more minutes than he was supposed to, given that exactly. given, given how and, injury he, he was coming off of a lot of injuries at that that point in his career too. Exactly, and, and, and I believe uh, I believe he was traded to the team midway through the year. Yeah. But, so so that that goes to another thing. Not to mean to cut you off, but um, that goes to another thing. Do you trade for? Do you get that trade for Rasheed Wallace if Carmelo Anthony is drafted? Oh yeah. Yeah, you still would, that wouldn't have impacted. I don't think that would have changed that. Well, Rasheed Wallace was Rasheed Wallace and um, gets Chauncey and Rip with a with a primary scores. But if you have if you draft Carmelo Anthony and you're molding Carmelo Anthony out throughout the season, and like would you, like I said, would you drop pieces for Rasheed Wallace if you could get him? 
Yes. But that doesn't that take away minutes from that you would virtually be benching Carmelo Anthony. Well, not necessarily. Not forward at heart. He's a power forward. And any way you put it, you still need pieces in order to win a championship. You need the toughness. You need the defense. You need the offense. You need a lot of pieces to win a championship. So would Carmelo Anthony fit that Detroit that Detroit Pistons team that won a championship? Hell yes. Because they lacked on the, they lacked offensively. Chauncey had to had to step up. Richard Hamilton had to knock down every three that he that he was afforded to. A hundred percent. Became a the point. Man. The point. Oh yeah. So you look at that and you you got to look at it like this. Rasheed Wallace was going towards the latter part of his career. Yes, he was playing a lot more minutes than he needs to be, and he's also picking on a role that he's not used to picking on. Rasheed mm-hmm. Wallace was never supposed to be a three point shooter. He was just a defensive cleanup. He was supposed to be down there to help Ben Wallace out and, and, and help be a vet for Darko Millicent. So he ended up picking up a bigger role offensively than what he's used to. Granted, it uh, worked out for him, but fighters uh, started his career. He played a lot more minutes than he needed. Because at um, that point, he was 10 se- about 10 seasons in. Uh, yeah. But I think that, um, I'm looking at the numbers. His points per game average climbed the past couple of years. Like from what oh one to oh four, he went from he went from eighteen to sixteen to seventeen to twenty. Then he dropped back uh to twenty. Well, the the old three oh four numbers are, are are a little mixy because seventeen he averaged seventeen for for um, Portland. Mm-hmm. And what was it for Detroit? Thirteen for Detroit. But look at his three point numbers. In oh three oh four at Atlanta, he was going like I think. Point he only played seven. one. He only played one game in Atlanta. Yeah, well, I mean, and so, Portland was three forty one, three fifty eight. So I mean, he just he shot three eighteen. Not his three pointers. Yeah, three forty one, and, and then he shot three nineteen. His Larry, Larry, put her on mute. That's Larry. Can I bet? Larry, yeah, Larry, you gotta, you might have to mute your mic, bro. <laughs> when that happens, my bad. Yo, I was crossing yeah. under the um the train trestle. On yeah, I, yeah, no, no, no. I heard. Right. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, what? The? We we heard it twice. He was like, all right. <laughs> the second time, I was like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, yeah, going to the uh, my opinion on it. I I I'm big on chemistry. I'm really big on chemistry. Um, it depend. It all depends on what the relationship would have been with Larry Brown and Carmelo Anthony. That would have decided the fate of the championship. Because even though you had dogs there, all it takes was all it takes is for one bad apple to fuck things up and then you make not a bad apple. No, I I, no that see, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, I'm not saying I said all it takes it's for one bad apple. I, I was going to say it. I wasn't going to say Carmelo Anthony was a bad apple. 
I am saying that, again, it all depends on the relationship between him and Larry Brown. Larry Brown doesn't have the best track record with star players. Are, are we, are we, am, can I, can I get an amen on that? Hey, you could, you uh-huh. can say that, but the thing is, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting a fresh young superstar, right? Uh-huh. Who yeah. would have had NBA vets, like, like, uh, Matt was saying, Chauncey yeah. Billups would have taken him under his wing, as he did in Denver. And I feel that with all of those, I don't think that Carmelo had ever played with a team that was so that would have been as defensively stacked up as the Detroit Pistons yeah. of that year. You so do you think, those two years? Yeah. Do you think, think it would have worked? I, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm fifty. I'm fifty fifty because I, I looked at what happened, and it's. I looked at how that season went. And I'm just seeing that if you plug in Carmelo Anthony and you you take away you take away some of those major minutes that Tyshawn Prince played, does that team still have that same defensive impact? Yes, because the thing is, if Ty, if Prince was playing the way he was playing, there would have been no need for Carmelo to pick up any any a big amounts of sack. That's what I'm saying. It would not. You would have had a great second option on the night that Prince could have been considered off. You get what I'm saying? Like, there were, he had off nights, and Carmelo would have picked up that slack. It's not like, okay, I'm going to take minutes from Prince to give to Carmelo. You get what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure that Prince has a viable second or third option coming off the bench. And for his rookie year, that would have changed the trajectory of his entire career. Carmelo, I feel. I I, I, I agree with that. 100%. I think that uh, I wanted to come pick up some medicine. Larry, Larry, I have the person's name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yes. uh, well, yeah, no, I was calling you, telling you to mute your mic when you, you know, you told my person. Oh yeah, podcast player, trying to. Trying to make my editing job hard to shit, <laughs> but um, I, I I I you have a good point about that, Tavia. I, like I said, you, you know you can't go back and change the past. I, but also, when you look at Carmelo's career, think about it. He had a chance. He had two chances. We're not going to count the draft because he he doesn't control his draft uh, where he gets drafted to. Um, but. The uh, when he re-signed with Denver, yeah, and then when he re-signed with New York, those are two chances he had to, you know, to 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 go to better teams, and he chose not to. He chose, um, he chose money. He chose the money. No, not necessarily. It, so, no, he said York, it. Me, he said it himself. But would but the thing is, he caught. I feel like. It's unfair the rap that he caught for his time in New York. Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. I feel like they blew up the entire. They did not have to blow up the entire team for Melo, but mm-hmm. Melo did. Melo took the blame when it should have been ownership that took the blame for that and management. They yeah, and they threw Melo to blame because he was forcing himself to New York, but they could have. The, the the management team could have did something else and not traded everybody for an aging Chauncey Billups 
and Carmelo Anthony. That New York team before Melo came was a pretty good team. It was a Melo made them better. Melo yeah. made them better. So because you had Amari, you had Felton, you had Tyson, Ch- not Ty- oh no, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, and I forgot who else they traded away for Nate, Carmelo. They traded Nate it too. Nate. It was Nate. It were yeah. It was Nate Chandler hey, and Gallinari. Uh, oh. No, and it was somebody else. It was um Larry something, Larry Fields too, and Larry Fields was getting to his own that year too. Yeah, but, but the thing is, they had a really good, they had a really good chemistry under Amari's leadership that half yes. of the season. But we can't deny that Amari was injury prone, like a motherfucker too. Yeah, I I I can I can agree with that too. But and Carmelo I, put that team on Carmelo and Billups that year put that team on their backs. Yeah, but under I, Woodson, I, I want to yeah, say yes, it was Woodson. But I think that that's what I. Here's my thing: if they, the Knicks would have waited another season, they could have had all them young bodies with Carmelo Anthony, and the way the East was, they could have made a little bit of noise. They they could have. They made noise, but just not enough. They weren't going to make enough noise with the with the LeBron Bosch Wade um heat at that time either. That yeah. was every 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 all signs all roads led through Miami at that point. Didn't he get there before before they they got to No, he got there. No, after, he got right? there after after cuz LeBron um made that decision in May of May or June of 2010 and Carmelo came in the beginning of I think right after All-Star break of the of 2011, so Amari was with the the Knicks for the like almost half the season at that point, and it, yep. they, they had a winning um, they had a winning record under D'Antoni, but they weren't they weren't going to get far further than they did with D'Antoni. I feel they they did Woodson dirty, but I feel like with D'Antoni, I feel that that was the best that they could do with him because he was not a defensive coach at all. I feel so bad. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel bad about the 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 his next time because at the end of the day, like even when it was coming towards the end, we kept thinking about, damn, what would it be like to have Carmelo and Porzingis hurt? Like, like it, it, Carmelo was in the, uh, a a lose lose situation in New York. Like I said, partially because he he resigned, but ma- majority of it is management not putting the pieces the right around him. One that's some suck. Two, the media in New York is even worse. Three, Dolan. Dolan is a bitch. <laughs> Four, <laughs> they so, they got rid of all their goddamn good pieces just to get mellow. So I mean, it's it's a whole. It was just a shit storm from the very beginning. I mean, it is what it is. I, like, oh, uh, damn, we're talking about the Knicks. <laughs> I'm getting tight. I'm getting tight. I feel it in my body. I mean, we were, I think we were doing pretty, I think the Knicks that see that first mellow season, if Chauncey Billups, you see, it's a lot of ifs, and if this didn't happen, this would have happened. Remember, Chauncey Billups suffered one of the worst injuries he had ever had in his career, right, I think, in the beginning of the playoffs, and then faced the Celtics and got swept. Yeah. And he was their key point guard, I think, at that time. He was their key scorer. 
Melo and Melo and Amari. Putting up thirty four points a game, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, he averaged thirty four points a game. Boy, I can only imagine what the Knicks would have been if Melo and Amari stayed healthy. healthy. <laughs> yeah, at the same at the same time. Yeah, at the same, at the same time. time, bro. Like, and the, then Raymond Felton was a crybaby too. He he was he was terrible too. He was very spotty. He was on some nights. He was off some nights. And he complained about every freaking call against him. He could have yeah. been caught dead to rights and still complained. You get what I'm saying? But when you look at yeah. the pieces, like Amari averaged 37, 37 points a game. Melo averaged 34. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's sad to see what it could have been, but we're, we're not going to turn this into a collapse episode of the New York Knicks. Cause, and whatever <laughs> happened to Landry Fields? Like, where the hell did he go? He went a few places. He became a journeyman. And uh, the last time I heard of him, he was in Toronto, and then he went overseas. So Okay. He was one of the players who went overseas in lockout and also he never came back. back. He didn't <laughs> come back either. So, But, um, yeah. That that's what is what is it gonna be? Uh, Carmelo Anthony, like I said, he got a bad rap for for he, a lot he of just things. got a, for a lot of a lot of things. I'm happy. I'm really happy he got his chance with uh, Portland this year to prove that like he's still a valuable piece. I wonder if another team. I'm hoping another team takes a chance on him. A contending team takes a t- chance on him next year. <laughs> Whether it be the Lakers, the Clippers, the listen, I I said this before a while ago. If the Warriors sign Carmelo Anthony, the Warriors are winning the championship again. Oh, <laughs> I feel like Carmelo's career is not over. I feel like he has like LeBron. He has like a good two, three more seasons in him. He's not exactly out of shape. He's not really being injured as much. He's he's still like a good formable piece. He just has to be in the right system. So I mean. It all depends on your coach. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like when we're talking about this Detroit Pistons team and would have Melo have fit on that team, I feel that he would have fit on that team because Larry Brown was the coach there. But like Larry, Larry Brown and All-Stars don't mix for the most Yeah, part. I hear that. He does, they don't mix. <laughs> but then he make, he brings great products out of them. Like you look at yeah. Allen Iverson. Yes. Who, who made it to the championship. Under Larry Brown, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and and then and you gotta also look at what he's capable of doing. Yeah, he knows how to mix, like he knows how to like, he knows how to wrangle hotheads in a sense. You gotta look at what he did to to Rasheed Wallace. He mellowed Rasheed Wallace down to way he bought into that system, and and big did came out Rasheed Wallace during that run to the that run to the championship. I get so, you. Rasheed Wallace is probably not a not a good um a good comparison because he got he probably got his most most of his techs in his career that season and I, too. And I get you that with <laughs> but, that aspect, but you got to also remember he was a good he was a really important piece to oh, that yeah. shit, shit Pistons team. He was. So what I mean by like he knows how to wrangle hotheads, he knows how to get what he needs to get out of them. So they yeah. succeed. Who had to coach Allen Iverson to the point where they were going against the Lakers in a championship in a, in a championship series, when nobody even looked at the Sixers as 
poss- as a possibility of even making it that far. Because they were a one trick pony. Yes, they, they were, were. And, they, and, and they were all, in, and everybody was injured on the team. Like, everybody. Exactly. I think like, exactly. They were all injured and they made it to the final. And, but you know what, too? Larry Brown, you gotta give him his respect. You mm-hmm. saw what he did with that Pacers team before exactly. Philadelphia? Exactly. Yeah. That made them killers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. granted, you know, kind of like third number, you know, they're the third best team in the Eastern Conference in the, in the 90s. 90s. Right. The Indiana Pacers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it, it's hard. That, that that's good compared to you know to other teams. The third best uh, team in the East is, is you know it's good. Especially during that time, I feel yeah. I feel like the Pacers were either the third or fourth top five team. Um, all decade '90s Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, teams. all yeah, definitely all decade Eastern Conference. I don't think I, I don't think top. I, I don't think top five all decade nineties, but all Eastern um, Conference. Eastern, yeah, Eastern definitely Conference. Eastern Conference. Definitely Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's Conference. what I said. Definitely. No, I know you said. No, I know you said that. I'm the same for me. Like, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, but um, you got to see what he did, and you saw what he brought out of that Pacers team. Like he, you saw the the killer that he that he created in 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 uh, Reggie Miller in a sense, and and how he he made <laughs> into that team. Like you gotta, you gotta understand what he's capable of doing. You can't really like knock him down for the Stephon Marbury's of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it won't work. You can't, you, like some people you just can't coach. Some people you just can't, you know, get over that hump. And that's I just what it is. I don't, I don't fault Larry Brown for his his 0506 run with the Knicks. You know, like you I can't I, fault anybody can't. besides Isaiah Thomas for the 0506 Knicks. Yeah, and we're never gonna get into that. That that's a whole episode in itself. So, um, yeah. To my question, I think Melo would have fit in, in on um on the Pistons, yeah, off the bench or whatever. I feel like he would have fit on that team. He may have not been a defensive presence, but he definitely would have been the offense that they needed. And, and, yeah. and spark that they needed off the bench because I didn't. They did not really have much of a spark off the bench. Steve Wallace was a spark off the bench. Tayshawn Prince was that spark off the bench. Well. They all started. There was no start. They were starters. They started, they but they started. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I get you. Um, yeah. I think, and then the final thought on that. I think Carmelo Anthony would have came out of Detroit, probably a top ten defender with all the defenders, with, with all those defend defensive yeah. minded people around it. He'd have came out. All of that. He'd have not even just just the. The, the defensive-minded aspect of Ben Wallace and Rasheed coming in, and then Tyshawn Prince at the time, the, probably one of the best um, all-around defenders, one of the best all-around defenders in the league. This, right. with, with, and, and the defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace, on your team, like they would, they, yeah, Bella would have came out of that, probably one of the best defenders in the league. But let's move forward. From basketball and going to football, so NFL put out their um, top um, their 2010 All Decade teams: um, offense, defense, special teams, come on, and man. coaches. So, oh, specialists, um, defense, offense. Huh? Did I put twice? Oh yeah, I probably posted something twice. Okay, uh, and coaches. So. Um, we're going to start with the coaches. Start with the head of the um, head of the snake. The two coaches were Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. 
Um, how do you feel, um, Larry? How do you feel about um, the coaches? Two coaches that were uh, <laughs> obviously Bill Belichick. Obviously, we're gonna go mm-hmm. there, and um, I like Pete Carroll there because he was a big instrument in putting that 2013 team together. A lot of people don't realize what it took to put that together. They were they were getting draft picks and holding draft picks for ransom so they could trade away, trade up, get more draft picks. They were getting gems like Richard Sherman out of the sixth round, uh, Russell Russell Wilson, seventh round. Uh, uh, Bobby Wagner, I think, was the fourth round. Bam Bam Cam Chancellor, fourth round. They were, they were finding gems in the later rounds and turning these dudes into all-star players, all-pro players, and they were doing that with just minimal draft picks and just – effectively strategically trading away their draft picks to get more draft picks. They were trading with like say the Green Bay Packers. Hey, we'll give you our second round pick for your fifth and seventh for whatever. And they were finding gems in the fifth and seventh. And that was all for Pete Carroll. And that was in the two thousand ten. So I like that. I like uh Belichick and Pete Carroll there. That's my opinion. And Belichick, I, you know, it really needs no introduction why Belichick is there. Yeah, that's right, right, right. I, right. I, it, was more, it was more for Pete Carroll. Uh, <laughs> for me, right, mm-hmm. I think they're missing someone. Um, I, I agree with um, Pete Carroll and, of course, Bill Belichick, but what about Sean Payton and what he's done with the Saints? The Saints a dominating sure. team all throughout the 2010s. You get what I'm saying? And that was under Peyton's leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I wouldn't say um, my boy Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, because he Absolutely had a couple not. of terrible years <laughs> in New York and Jacksonville. Yeah, and no, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be biased only because of me being a Giants fan. Yeah, but what about? Biased. Yeah, but you know, you could also say the Harbaugh brothers—they did a pretty uh, decent job, but they were also uh, spotty. But yeah, oh, Sean Payton and Sean Payton was consist- just as consistent, if not even more so, than Pete Carroll. I feel. What about Andy Reid? Andy uh, Reid's no. dominance can't. Towards the end of the decade for me, more yeah. than the beginning of so. So you can't really like, ah, eh, no. But I think he, he, no. he, I would put Sean Payton over um Andy Reid. Okay. I would too. I would too. Andy Reid was more. He was better in the two thousands because he with the Philadelphia Eagles, he went three straight NFC Championship games. He kind of yeah. fell off in the two thousand tens, but obviously in the two thousand twenties now he's he had a Super Bowl now so. 2010s wasn't his decade, <laughs> to be honest. To be fair, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I get you guys. Um, it, it, you can't say nothing about really Bill Belichick, bro. Yeah, but just ran the 2010s. But uh, yeah. I think in the 2010s he won five or six, five. He's three and three. Oh, three and three. Sorry, three. three yeah, three, they they won three. Yeah, three in two thousands, three in the uh in the two thousand tens, but he's always been to the playoffs. Yeah. And he's always close. been yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. When they didn't when make it, they were in the AFC championship. Yeah, that's you know what I, I that's what I was thinking about. Like but because uh, they've been to the Super Bowl so so many times. Yeah. Uh-huh. The most out of anybody in the two thousand tens. 
fucking they did so, five times in the Super Bowl. They lost to us, lost to Philly, and they lost, they won three. So that's five times. And then the other five times they didn't go, they were in the AFC championship game. They always we, had over 11 wins. Yeah. You, we you really can't. We're, we're really doing this Bill Belichick thing. We're just going, we're just going to go. No, we're not. Just fucking explain why. No, we're not explaining. We're, we're, we're just diving deep into but what it. Also, but what also about Mike Tomlin? I never hear anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike I mean, Tomlin don't get enough. Yeah, he don't get a, wow. he doesn't get his flowers enough. You get what I'm saying? Does he make chicken shit yeah. in the chicken salad? <laughs> That's why. Yeah, look, look at, no, look at no. like at the at the end of the day, he's been an amazing coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers for like, fourteen seasons. Mm-hmm. I need one better, and I feel like y'all haven't mentioned this man. What about Bruce Arians? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. he's he not enough. I mean, and come on. You saw what he did in Indianapolis. He went 9-3 as an interim coach. You know, what he's did with, you know, the Arizona um, Cardinals. Like, What like, exactly did he do with the Arizona Cardinals? Hey, he won double-digit games in three consecutive seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And look at what he's doing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I get it, but I, I'm not going to give him all decade over Mike Tomlin either. So no, I mean, no, but like, it's no, it's not yeah. over Tomlin. Not and, over and Tomlin. I, and I don't think you give John Harbaugh enough, you know, credit for what he's done. No, he's good. So, yeah, absolutely. Like you really gotta. I mean, I think he's won seven play, playoff games this decade, and he only has like one losing season. You gotta get flowers. Uh-huh. He's, he's doing pretty good. As, like I think you need to like put him up there with Carol sometimes. Like you really, you really gotta like look at it. Like he's not, he's not no slouch either. He's a real good coach. So I, I agree with that. But um, before John Harbaugh got there, you know, or Baltimore was actually they were pretty good. You know, they had Ray Lewis, Suggs, uh, Ed Reed, uh, Chris McAllister. They were actually yeah, they, they were already set up good. to win. Seattle bro. wasn't shit. And Pete Carroll came directly in and turned that team around in like one year. So that's why I give it to him. And he built it from the ground up. That's his team. You see how they say like, you see how like, uh, uh, what the hell is this? John Gruden. He came into Tampa Bay in 2002 and they were calling that Tony Dungy's team because Tony Dungy built it. That is fucking, that's Pete Carroll's team, bro. And nobody can say otherwise. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That is his team. He built that yeah. shit from the ground up. So, yeah. So God we're gonna go. You, Larry. God damn it. We're gonna go over to the uh, the specialists, the all decade um, specialist team. So the punters were Johnny Heck, Hecker and Shane Leckler. Um, the kickers, Stephen Gaskowski and Justin Tucker. The punt returners. Tyreek Hill and Darren Spoilers. I I don't know why they Sproul, weren't there. Sproul, Sproul. Sproul, Sproul. Sproul, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and that man is a beast. I don't he's know why. Shirt, I, I, I don't I know, know, I know why. I know Matt likes him because he's a short, he's a short, fast guy like Matt is. So right. <laughs> I, but I don't know why they weren't unanimous. They they weren't unanimous. Tyreek Hill and, and Darren Sproles. The they returner. should have been unanimous. For, for, but I think um, so. the Devin Hester and Cordell Patterson again. Should be unanimous, but again, I guess niggas was hating on, on them. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Not much you can say about the specialist list. Uh, all these Except people deserve a fucking beast. Make sure you yeah. add that. Thank you. Okay, little. Oh, okay, little nigga. Damn, bro. Like <laughs> Darren's. Yeah. Just give it up for the Smurfs. I got you, bro. Like, Damn. Son. <laughs> I don't need this shit from you. <laughs> now, now the um the all defensive team. All right, so the defensive ends: Kalias Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, JJ Watt. JJ Watt uh, yeah. was the JJ Watt was <laughs> um, the unanimous out of the defensive ends. Agreed, and all of them were good. Agreed, yeah. yeah also, yeah. Kalias Campbell. I'm surprised that they actually put him up there because um. <laughs> Yeah, they they normally don't talk about him much. Everything is, you know, JJ Watt and everything like that. And, and they never yeah. they normally don't talk about Clay's Campbell, but I'm glad, I'm glad they put it out there because he he really is a beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The the defensive tackles: Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, yes. Aaron Donald, and mm-hmm. Dominican Sue. Dominican Sue. Yes. It better be Aaron Donald. I don't even have the. Yo, I don't even have the list in front of me, bro. But as you're reading them off, I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense. Aaron, Especially Geno Atkins. Yes, Aaron yep. Donald was the unanimous decision. I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to Aaron say. Donald had to be. Yeah. 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 Um, inside, uh, inside linebackers, Luke um, Kukli. Luke Kinkley, Kinkley, yeah. yeah, he deserves Kinkley. it. That's how you say it. K U E. Pronounced Kinkley. Whatever. Okay, that's weird. You know, Aaron Donald would have won the Super Bowl MVP had they won that Super Bowl. You know, yeah. last year he would have yeah, won most, the MVP. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke Kuechly, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis yeah. is, for your inside linebackers. There was no. I unanimous. agree with that. As, as I um said with with uh with uh Pete Carroll, Bobby Wagner was one of those yeah. late round pickups. He was one of those gems. He was one of them in the, I think it was 2011 or 12. He got drafted, and he came out. He Carroll seen some in him, and here he is, all decade team inside linebacker. So I agree. And as as we get uh towards like you know towards the end of the list, like it's like you said with Pete Carroll, all, a lot of his boys are on this list. A lot. So, of them. There you go. So the um the next one, the outside linebackers. I better Chandler. Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, and Von Miller. Von Miller was the unanimous selection, and again, oh, obviously, obviously, Superboy, yeah. he had to be right. Uh, he has uh, to. Be. Um, yeah, Chandler Jones, that's uh, John Jones' little brother. He mm-hmm. called Little Bones. He's a beast too. He's he's a uh, physical specimen, great athlete. I did not know that. Yeah, that's John Jones' little brother. <laughs> great athlete. Now the cornerbacks, there were no unan- um, unanimous decisions here, but you have Patrick Patterson, Darrell Revis, and Richard Sherman. Better get that shit to my boy Revis. I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm biased. I'll be that. Did Revis? No, actually, oh. no, no. Matt, all these people, all of them made the old team. They made the old decade team here. All I of them, but it's just yeah, some of them. Unan- I don't think. Um, yeah, some of the, some people are unanimous. Some people were unanimous votes, but everybody who I'm saying made all decade team. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, um, yeah, I agree with this list. I'm just surprised they didn't put Revis unanimous because he, man, he just he he yeah. motherfucking owned the the passing game 
in the early 2010s. Maybe had I want to own I. Yeah. Nigga had his own island. Nigga didn't want to go to that side of the field, bro. Like, <laughs> my nigga. I'm not uh, so, um, again, yeah, definitely, definitely the other two, Patrick Patterson and Richard Sherman, bro. You can't yeah. get no better. You can't get no better than that. I and, agree. Like, like, and if if you were to put somebody else there, who would it be? I, I like Ramsey, but I don't think he. Again, that he. Really, just came into his own recently. Um, who else would you put there? Cornerbacks at the corner. Mm. Mm. Or would you, or, or would you leave it? This those three. Well, I'm I'm sticking with my boy, man. You know me, sticking with my boy. I'm loyal. <laughs> I'm loyal. Got you. So safeties, safeties. We have Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weedle. There was no unanimous selections there, but um, Earl Thomas and Eric Weedle, definitely. Earl Thomas, another one of, uh, of Pete Carroll's boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's, it's, no re- it's, it's the reason why they called that defense the, uh, the, the Legion of Boom. That was my number, I, I believe, five defense of all time early in the first episode we had. Yeah. Is the reason Pete Carroll put that together. Corners, yeah. <laughs> I would have had Joe Hayden as well, though, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe from Hayden. the Browns. Yeah. Joe Hayden, yeah. Joe Hayden. I forgot that. I was like, I know I'm missing somebody. Right. But, I'm surprised uh, they put him there. Yeah. But, what about Devin McCourty? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't bad. Yeah. I don't think he, he should make. He's not. He, he shouldn't make a whole decade. You know. You don't think so? Yeah. A safety, uh, like, uh, wasn't Patrick Chung a safety too? Patrick Chung, yeah, he was a safety. Yeah, uh, what about Chancellor? Uh, what's his name? Cam Chancellor? Cam Chancellor is another one. Strong safety. Yeah. I, yeah. He's another one of Pete Carroll's boys, man, who got right. picked up, I think, fourth round or fifth? Fourth, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he he's another one. Yeah. Well, uh, he's, well, not, uh, he's not on this list, unfortunately, but yeah. I mean, Larry, what you think about Malcolm Jenkins, though? What you think? Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins. He played. Um, he was their their nickelback for a while. He was in nickelback, and then after he made that interception in the Super Bowl, he he became the starting corner. Mm-hmm. I think he was solid. I don't think he should make a a, a decade team, the all decade team, but he was a solid corner. Uh, he got uh the city into the stick in the um the Super Bowl they played against Philly because oh, Bill Belichick trying to fucking send a message. Nobody's bigger than the team. So he didn't start him. Whatever. Yeah. Next thing you know. <laughs> next, well, thing you, ahead, next thing you know, Philly wilding out doing trick plays and shit. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's fucking Nick Foles. That's literally the, the last time I actually fucking cheered for New England, bro. The only time I would cheer for New England is against the, the fucking Eagles, the Cowboys, or the 49ers. Mm-hmm. That's the only times, bro. <laughs> That's funny. Um, defensive backs, Chris Harris and Tyron Matthew. Um, Tyron Matthew, yeah. the honey badger, Matthew, yeah. Matthew. These niggas, bro, and they names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so now, now we get to the, um, the, the good parts. The real good parts. All deck, the NFL, all decade team on offense. Right. Uh, there are few, there's, one, two, three. There's four um, unanimous selections 
starting with the, uh, one of the greatest, if not debatable, greatest quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady. It's not debatable. Mm-hmm. And He's Aaron the, the greatest quarterback of all debatable. time. Oh, I thought you meant uh, on his list. I was about to say it's not debatable. No, he shouldn't be debatable. Greatest. I mean, One it's, of, deba- mm-hmm. it's debatable for absolute greatest of all time. Yeah, right, it, but it's not debatable I mean, as one I of did, the I did say, I did say, I did say debatable for greatest of uh-huh. all time. Don't don't jump on me, Tavy. I know how you get down. That's why I said. That's why I said debatable. Katavia is about to jump through the mic, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, man! That's that's four weeks in a row." Like, I'm already seeing. Like, <laughs> I'm already seeing. We're coming out of quarantine, and niggas gonna have to wear baseball and football gear just to get in this goddamn booth. I see it. Gonna have to wear football. Hopefully, we're not in the booth when we come back. Like, there ain't no room in that shit. Nothing. Niggas <laughs> just gonna get a clear reach. Just me and my anger. I'm right. Paul Dre and, and Wilkins. I'm. There's like, are you gonna keep pushing them? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you know, I nah. am not. I, I'm for this quarterback list, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's. I feel like there's one or two people missing. Well, who is on the list? It's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, right? From yeah. what I remember when I seen. Yeah, it, it was uh, only that two. <laughs> listeners, 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 listeners out there, I'm gonna say this. I like Aaron Rodgers. Let me start by saying this. I like Aaron me Rodgers. Too. Oh, I shit. like Aaron Rodgers. Here it comes again. I like Aaron Rodgers. Again, you know, I like kidding. Aaron Rodgers. But that's number you, one. Number kidding? two is let's keep in let's keep in mind that when somebody says the term overrated, that doesn't mean they're saying he sucks. Okay. Exactly. Gotta get that, that shit out of the way. Somebody could deserve a 94 rating, minute, and they minute, give him a 100 rating, that's old rating, but 94 is not bad. You know what I'm saying? Somebody can deserve legitimately 94, but they give him 99 or 100. That's overrated. But a 94 is not bad. That means they don't suck. 94 is actually pretty damn good. That's ex- excellent. That all being said, that being said, Aaron Rodgers might be one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. Can you explain he's why? Only, he's, dog, he's only had one Super Bowl. Every time he makes the playoffs, he gets the shit beat out of him by the, the NFC West, either Seattle or the 49ers. Facts. He, he, dog, I mean, like, come the fuck on. What is he doing to, for people to be like, oh, he's up there with Tom Brady and Joe Montana <laughs> and, and, and fucking – and 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 Dan Marie, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm the, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, he's one, he's top two today, today playing right now. But these motherfuckers, he's up there with Joe Montana. I'm like, yo, don't. What the fuck? Is he top two? But is he top two today though? I would I don't say know. I don't today know. though. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't say that. I won't even debatable. Even if you say he's not top two, I'll be like, yo, fuck it. I probably agree with you there too. Because you got Drew Brees, you got know, Tom Brady, That's you, got Russell Wilson. you got you got you got Patrick Mahomes. Drew Brees don't get it, and Drew Brees don't get his flowers either. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. That's, that's why. That's why the reason Drew Brees don't get his flowers because he had the unfortunate incident of playing in a league with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That's literally the only reason. They're so busy 
paying attention to Tom Brady. Peyton Man ain't never paid attention to Drew Brees, bro. Stick that shit. <laughs> he, so his entire career, his, Drew Brees' entire career has yeah. been in the same league as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Either uh-huh. or, now it's just Tom Brady. Woo! I'm just saying, bro. My thing is, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I'm I'm sitting here like, all right, hold up. Since 1990, in 30 years, we've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and all we can show for it is two Super Bowls. As a Green Bay Packer yeah. fan, that's what I would be saying. See, I'm I'm always some people, some people, even Giants, other Giants fans call me pessimistic sometimes because they're like, yeah, 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 us. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm looking at the negative. We should have been doing better here. We should have been doing better here. I say this to Green Bay Packer fans all the time. Thirty years, Brett Favre was playing for you since 1990. Now Get you that have man his flowers. Get that man his flowers. But in 30 years. You only have two Super Bowl wins to show for it. Yeah. I mean, like, come on now. I would be, as a Green Bay Packer fan, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck is there to cheer about? Just saying. Green Bay Packers fans act like Cowboy fans like sometimes. <laughs> so. The sad thing is you hardly know where Green Bay is. Bro, really I'm, sitting here like, I'm sitting here like that all-decade team. Yes, Tom Brady, but I'll put Either Drew Brees or Peyton Manning before Aaron Rodgers. That's, and, that's know, and the crazy thing is he only played five seasons in that decade. Let's just throw that out there. But come uh-huh. on, man. Lee, yeah, he, he, man he, he, he broke a record in passing yardage and passing touchdowns. Bro, come on. Like, come the on. Single game. He broke come the single on. game. No, he broke the single game touchdown record. Seven fucking touchdowns in one game. Come on. Aaron Rodgers never bro. did that shit. Just saying, come on. Bro. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. it's you know, people look at the entire decade and forget the first five years, and I, I don't see how you yeah. have an all-decade team without, without for quarterbacks, without all the people that you named, like you know Russell Wilson. I wouldn't put him above. Oh, a, I wouldn't put him above Tom Brady, but I might. It's, it's, it's debatable. Tom Brady. It's definitely Tom Brady, and then number two for me should be either Peyton Manning or Drew Brees. I don't see how Aaron Rodgers jumped those two. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't see how he trumped them. No, I agree. I agree too. I don't know how he he definitely trumped Peyton. Peyton, that like I said, Drew Brees don't get enough credit for what he was working. With. One, what he was working with in the beginning, his offense wasn't always high power like it is now. Not and, at all. And two, his defense, he, he always had to play from behind. So like they tried. They fucking yeah, they, trash. Well, the defense is not trash now, but like no, I'm yeah. about, well, over the decade they were trash. Oh yeah, yeah, for so most of the decade, like, like yeah, it's fucked like, up. Five, six years out the decade, they, their defense was like, whoa. And what like, I'm fucked up about when they do these lists, they look at like shit like wins or like making the Super Bowl or like you know, yeah, like, not forgetting the fact that Drew Brees has thrown for more than five thousand yards. Like they really, he's really like one of the best passers. Of all time, I think niggas mm-hmm. really sleep on that shit. That shit is foul. Like, and they just look at yeah. it because he's literally like Dre said, he's playing from the behind, so he's he's hardly winning, but he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've had for this decade. It's that and, that and like I said, he's playing in a league 
where is fucking Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? And it's always, oh, Tom Brady. Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, God. And Drew Brees has always been number three. Because of Ben Roethlisberger, if you really want my honest opinion. Because they were looking at Yeah, yeah, people were in love with Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were in love with men. But, um, yeah, we'll, we could be all day on this quarterback list, but we know for sure Tom Brady, which was unanimous, is the number uh-huh. one. Aaron Rodgers has an asterisk next to his name, but, you know, again, we're all, all debatable, except Tom Brady. So, yeah. wide receivers. Antonio Brown. I don't, I don't know. Hold on. Listen. Hold on. Listen. Antonio Brown. Larry Fitzgerald, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and Julio Jones. Oh, now, uh, yeah, moving on. No, dif- no, no, no arguments here. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, there's no arguments there. For All right. Okay. I'm about to say. I'm about to say. Let's who, who, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, there was no unanimous selections in the wide receivers. Which I think all of them should have been unanimous, but because Antonio Brown's a fucking dickhead. Let's just go there. I'm sorry, it's, it it's not even that. But if if like again, they they might be putting people like um like they I don't know who else probably they Odell Beckham right like, uh, probably AJ like Green yeah AJ Green probably Mike Evans they probably all thinking about these and even Des Bryant they probably all thinking about them as well but. You know, <laughs> I, uh, Des Bryant. I, oof. Nah, fuck that. Never mind. This was <laughs> um, so tight ends. This should not be up for debate, but there was no unanimous selections here either. What? Ronk, you, lying. Ronk, you lying? Gronk and 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 Kelsey. Fuck that. They should both be unanimous. I think. I think um, Gronk should be unanimous. Period. Yeah. They, yeah. Absolutely. That, but um, again, how is okay, that? <laughs> okay, okay. I, you know, I know we dump on the Cowboys a lot, right? Yeah. Jason but how could you not? How could you not add Jason Witten though? Yeah. I mean, Kelsey is a really great player, and I think his best days are ahead of him. You get what I'm saying? I think that he he hasn't been in the league day for long. Mm-hmm. Well, like four or five seasons, I think four seasons, five. <laughs> Five. But Jason Jason Witten, it's a damn shame he's not on that list. He retired and then came back this year. Yeah, but he only retired one season. I thought it was six I think maybe they were looking at Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings. Uh, those are good names, too. For, but for 2010s. I, yeah, but I, I wouldn't put them all time, like, Gronk and and probably I was thinking Witten would have been on this list when I first saw it. Then I saw Kelsey. I'm like, oh, I mean, okay, <laughs> not yeah, bad. Yeah, but why? But the thing is, <laughs> they could have added a couple of more people, especially yeah, Jason Witten. I think Jason Witten is some is something of you. You can't just look at the like a couple of seasons and be like, uh, you know, just you know, we're not debating. Kelsey's place on this. I'm a big Kelsey fan. I'm you get what I'm saying? I'm but Jason Witten is he he came back from retirement and did an amazing freaking job with the with the Cowboys this past season too. Oh, quick, hold on, hold on, hold on, quick question. Well, like I said, most of the most of the 2010s, Witten was Witten and Grant were the the best tight ends. That's how I see it. 
Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. None of them was fucking touching Gronk. Let's just be 100. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Not right. Gonna. Nobody's saying Gronk. <laughs> yeah, Gronk nobody, needs to be on that list. 100%. And he should have been unanimous. Yeah, we're just saying we had to choose two. I'm probably, like I said, I might put Witten over Kelsey. I might. And there's a strong might. Sometimes I'm gonna be aggravated with this running back selection. I already feel like that. All right. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know what? Jason Witten should have been, if not three. And Gronkowski should have been um unanimous. The the Patriots wouldn't have won that that at last all, championship without one. Not thing. without him. Who? Say it. Say it. To this day, yeah. who? To this day, it was Gronkowski. <laughs> because the, let me tell you something: the the Chiefs had their number mm-hmm. that last AFC Championship game, and Gronk like woke up from the dead that second half and half turned half it up on them. Gronk yeah, did that shit against up. Atlanta too. What in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, was, but I'm just saying, were, like, you, it's, were, it's just a journey. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm Yo, like, that Atlantic that that Atlanta Super Bowl. Let's w- just. When yeah. We're not gonna go into like the specifics of it, but it's I'm just more or less Atlanta Super Bowl. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, but like like I said, not real too much specifics about what Atlanta did. It's more or less what then Patriots did and 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 Gronk. But um, oh this, I'm sorry. Um, we'll get back to the list in a second. Uh, ESPN just reported that WWE will resume live TV matches starting Monday. Yes. Um, I guess we'll get more into that during the week when we get details. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know y'all can't see us right now, but I literally just did the Bobby Roode Gloria sign. Yeah, I bet you did, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Can so, we please talk about night two of WrestleMania two after this? Hey, you know what? You know what, bro? I'm actually no, we're not gonna have a, This is actually but, good news for me because my birthday is May 10th. And they were reporting Money in the Bank is May 10th. So this is the first time I'm going to get a pay-per-view on my birthday, bro. Oh, no. So. No, Money in Bank, no, Money in Bank is canceled. So, yeah. But I'm saying if they're resuming <laughs> live, fucking shit, you know? Well, I'm right, but they can't. But, but, uh, no, but Baltimore, um, the arena that they were going to have it in already canceled it, but I'm sure they're going to figure it out. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, pay-per-view on your birthday still, probably. So and, you know, I, was trying to, I was trying to take some chops too, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't nah, know what's happening. Yo, yo, we, we, yo, yo, we all gonna have to get leftover chops, bro. Whenever this shit not, clears you know, off, you know what's gonna have to be. It's just gonna have to be a brawl, and whoever <laughs> wins. Know that now in August, I'm going missing. You niggas is not chopping me. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm going missing. <laughs> Listen, I know Tavia is gonna try to get all thirty-one of them. I'm good. Tavia gonna good. punch you in the chest. I know. Thirty, <laughs> t- 30, 30 times. That be the one not. time she pop up the legends. I'm good. I'm not. I'm not with it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Come, come over there with the Birdman hands. I was like, I took a lot of shit off with this podcast. I don't want that type of energy. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a street nigga. I might hit somebody. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. We're not gonna show it. So as we move forward with the list, we have our tackles: Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, and Joe mm-hmm. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Joe Thomas, Thomas was the one that. Joe Thomas, Thomas with the Joe animal. Staley. Yep. Joe Thomas. Yeah. Um, the guard. Agreeably, agreeably. Yeah. Yeah. The guards. And Joe Staley too. Yeah. The guards: Joe Harry. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, Jari Evans. Mm-hmm. Logan. Mm-hmm. Logan. Mm-hmm. Logan. 
Mankins, <laughs> Zach Martin, <laughs> Marshall Yonda. Logan Mankins mm-hmm. got that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Marshall Yonda got the unanimous. Yeah, Marshall Yonda, yeah. I'm not mad at that. You know, you run behind him. He will give you at least six yards, but run right behind his ass. I know. <laughs> <laughs> With the Senators. Alex, uh, Alex Mack and Marquise Pouncey. Don't see yeah, too much issues. You know who Pouncey is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all know. He was inspired to do his job by watching Tavia. <laughs> yeah. right. Facts. Facts. Damn, Tavia. Tavia made the list. That's dope. <laughs> so, running backs. I'm already no, you know what? No, you know what? We're going to save the running backs for last. Uh, your, well, the flex is Darren Spro- Sproils. Because he's a beast. Say it. Oh, yeah. Man, listen, I always put him as my flex on fantasy football. He's a, you can put him at receiver, slot maybe, running yeah. back, a punt beast. returner, kick returner. He can do everything. Yeah. So he's now, a beast. Now, beast. our running back, our running backs. Let's start. Um, Frank Gore. Agreed. Marshawn Lynch. Agreed. Shady McCoy. Okay. Yep. Agreed. And the unanimous is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. That's all right. There you go. So Matt, you, Matt, you, Matt, you sitting up there thinking you was going to be disappointed? <laughs> right. Matt, th- Matt thought I was going to say, uh, yeah, and they added uh, some bullshit name. And Matt would start going off. How the fuck they were adding now? Frank Gore. Uncle Frank. I think he's um top eight, number eight, all-time Russian. Uh, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch. That's another one of um. Pete Carroll's boy, the Pete Carroll didn't draft him. Pete Carroll traded for him. He really wanted him. He traded, he got him from Buffalo. He traded a bunch of draft picks for Marshawn Lynch. Thought he was, you know what, let me get him in my system. He gave Buffalo, I believe, their first, he gave Buffalo the first round pick Look for Tyrod Taylor. Third. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that, for, for Buffalo's third. And he came in. Made something. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, Marshall Lentz will work in my system. There he is. Yeah. Um, so I know we don't even have to talk about right. why. Yeah. I'm sure somebody somewhere is going to say Le'Veon Bell should be on this list Hell and no. replace Austin. somebody. Austin. But. Hell no. No. I'm sorry, Austin. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, we're not even we're not even gonna do that. There's no no need no need to argue about these these four running backs. So as we continue on, um, if it was a flip slot, maybe. Not even gonna lie. No lie. The way that Larry talks about Pete Carroll, that nigga should have a whole movie about him. Because <laughs> I always remember Pete Carroll because he was a, he was a head coach for the Jets at one point. I remember that. I remember, I remember my brother talking about that. But um, That's he used to look like Ellen DeGeneres. Remember? You a dickhead. <laughs> he used to look like Ellen DeGeneres. You don't remember? <laughs> nah, so this motherfucker is strategic wise. He knows what he's doing. Putting the team together. Building a team, he knows what he's doing. Cause yeah. to the naked eye, 
a lot of motherfuckers would be like, what the fuck are you doing trading away all this shit and trading for a bunch of fourth and fifth round picks and all this other shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, like, anybody else would be like, are you dumb? But <laughs> not everybody else looked dumb because most of their draft picks didn't fucking turn out to nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, as we continue on, um, um, just a little bit into WrestleMania night two. We was in night one on the first episode. Night mm-hmm. two. Um, um, <laughs> boy. <laughs> no, we, 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 we're gonna go bullet points into night two because cool. we can we can sit here all day. We can't get we're gonna talk. We ain't no, no, I live for this no. shit right now. No, we have enough. We have enough of that for for two episodes, but we, we want to keep the audience engaged. So, um, let's talk about. But we'll, we'll start backwards. Let's talk about Brock and um and and Drew. Would have been great if it was in front of a crowd. Yes, I would agree. have been awesome. Would have been a million times more awesome if it was in front of a crowd. To me, the match was basically just a longer uh, Strowman Goldberg match. Yeah, just a finish. I completely agree with that. Fest. Yeah, it was just a finish fest, and then get him out of there. Babyface yeah. wins. Happy ending. Basically. It was, but it was WWE SmackDown. Shut your mouth! And both of them had five finishers and yeah, kept so, pressing L. <laughs> they, kept, they kept pressing L one. That's it, bro. Like, like, be fair. Think about it if it was in front of a crowd, right? And it yeah. had it had to follow the Firefly front house match. That also you have to take that into account. So I mean, well, granted. Also in front of no, well, we can't say that because the Firefly front house match probably wouldn't happen if there was a crowd. Not like it that. Actually, it, it would actually that be. Way. It actually would have been like somewhat of a match, and it wouldn't have been so uh-huh. critically acclaimed. I don't need for it to I be. Think it I think it would have had a mix of both. Honestly, I think it would have had some of the cinematic elements, but I think they would have combined that with in-ring action as well. They would have had to kind of do a little bit of both. That shit was so fucking awesome. Because, you, like I said, the way you would do all of that, you would end that match with the fire. uh, Since we're on the Firefly Funhouse match now, you would end that match by basically cutting the lights off, cutting the lights on, have Bray and, and John in the ring. With uh him and si- the sister Abigail position, that's how you right. end that match. So, so, so but um, amazing, yo! I cried, but, I teared up. That's how good that shit was. That shit was uh, on my. As a Bray Wyatt fan, I'm talking about like back when he was in NXT and he first started doing this. You know, the, yeah. the, to see where it's at now and to see that, like we talked about in the last episode with my kids, they literally sing the Firefly Funhouse theme. And see that they're engaged with that character. My my my, my two year old literally walks around with a Bray Wyatt action figure to see that and to like to know all the elements to that that story in that match. Back to yeah. John Cena in the beginning to John Cena now, and it's just oh my fucking god! It deserved the Oscar. It was that. <laughs> it was that goddamn good. And I was saying, like, how are they going to follow that Boneyard match? And they fucking killed it. And here's the thing. And, um, uh, well, no, actually, I'll go into it after uh, the other matches because I want to compare and contrast those two matches. Mm -hmm. 
Ba- um, Bailey defeated Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Let me tell you about that five-way match. In front of a crowd, that would have been a good match. I like how strong they made Tamina look. That is the strongest I've ever seen Tamina look. I was ever. She looks amazing. I was so I was so happy for Tamina because I got a special place in my heart for Tamina because I like I like heels who are heels like and Tamina is a heel. She just could have got further than what she got though. Yeah, but she was. But look what it took to get her out though. Yeah, Yeah. she's injured. She was injury prone. So, this is sad case. Yeah, but I love the match. I love the story they're telling with Bailey and Sasha. I can't mm-hmm. wait to again everything is normalized so we can get our proper Bailey versus Sasha match. Yeah. Um, street Street Profits um defeated defended there with Raw Tag Team Championships against Angel Garza and Austin Theory, who I think Austin Theory is going to be a star one of these days. Oh yeah. Um. Know what to do. We saw, right we saw um, Bianca Belair come out and put hands on Zelina Vega. That was the next night. No, no it's the same night. At WrestleMania too. It was the night. Yeah, hit her with the KOD. Um, I'm gonna skip the next match because we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna talk about that one um, last. Otis and um. Swaggy Oats, Dolph Ziggler. He got the girl. He got the win. He got the girl. Yep. Swaggy Oats defeated Dolph Ziggler. Um, the match was okay. I'm not glad. Decent match. Yeah. Decent match. Don't do that. I like the dramatics. Yeah. The dramatic. The the dramatics made the match. Yeah. Yeah. The dramatics made the match better. Um, Granted. What's the name? Could have been a lot better with her low blow, but I'm not gonna complain. Swaggy Oats was lit. <laughs> he was uh, lit. full of swag. Let's go. Um, Alistair Black, Yo, Bobby Lashley. You probably get more bitches than I do, bro. Probably. <laughs> 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 he's, he's a WWE superstar. I will not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, would not like disagree with that. <laughs> but. Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. I actually think this was a good match. But. He kicked the shit out of Bobby, though. I did, too. Um, Bobby Lashley looked like he stole Cody Rhodes' tights. but um, He's, No, he stole Scorpio Sky's tights. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like. I don't know. Um, that match was just thrown together. That would, that, uh, if, if no, Mania. Was it on no, the it, yes, yeah, it that was, that was like, made the day. That was made the day of. The thing is, if that was if WrestleMania was WrestleMania, that wouldn't have made the card at yeah, all. Yeah. That's just a, a, a thrower. That's a pre-show match. Yeah, kicks the so, shit I mean, out of Bobby though. Actually, did, you know what? You know what I need from Bobby Lashley? Not a damn thing. I need not Lana. I need Lana to leave, yeah. and I need MVP to be his 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 mouth. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. I won't be mad at that No, I, I I don't think so. <laughs> David said no. Think, here's, here's, here's why I say it. Here's why I say it. The only remember when they re-signed Bobby Lashley? Yeah. Yeah. Before um they re-signed him and he was in TNA, or his earl a little bit 
later when he returned to TNA. Uh, he came back with MVP and Kenny King and beat down before right. he beat down pre beat down clan because Bobby Lashley wasn't in it. So right. um, MVP being Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece then made Lashley better there. Mm-hmm. I think it would make him better here because he can't, Bobby Lashley can't talk and MVP would make him a lot more interesting. Yeah, but then that, to be honest with you, is like recreating the wheel of something from before and it doesn't, to me, I, I can't see it for now. I think that you, they, his best fit was with Leo Rush. Yes, I agree. It's so weird though. It's I so agree. Ass. Was, I think I think it would it, it made sense, and also because Leo Rush can can be heater and take most of the bumps when they and be in tag matches together and be the manager that gets thrown around. I get it. I dislike MVP because again again I saw it work, and not too many people was watching TNA when that was working, so it would be new to a lot of people. I was one of not new to us, but it'd be new to a lot of people. Yeah, people who didn't watch TNA in 2010, was it? Yeah. 11, 12, maybe? Yeah, something like around that time. Um, Shot, um, Liv Morgan defeated, um, Natalia. Natalia just taking clean losses as usual, but whatever. Uh, she deserves so much better. Uh, definitely. Natalia deserves what Charlotte Flair is getting, but Charlotte Flair is more entertaining than Natalia, so I, I, what, what are you gonna say, right? <laughs> That's all. Mm. Rhea Ripley. Uh, well, Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley by submission for her second NXT title in six years. I don't um, know about that. I don't know. It was a good match. It was a good match. They beat the shit out of each other. Um, good story was told. I'm not sure I like um, Charlotte going over here. Um, but we gotta see what happens. If Charlotte is going to NXT and raise fucking choice, no, she's gonna be on. From what it's been said, again, take it with a grain of salt. She's gonna be on Raw and NXT, which is fine now because it's only you know you're only working two days a week. But um, moving forward, because. Like, we have to see how Charlotte builds up that NXT division since it's going to get basically... What? It's basically... It's an hour and... I didn't get... No, you left out at 2.30. Yeah. I've been on the phone since. Tell me a ma- Mute, mute, mute. <laughs> All right. Are we going to talk about what's going on with Rhea and her being, you know, gone? That's... Why probably this probably? Well, no, she's not gone. She's still in the states. She can't. But she, uh, for what has been said, is she has a work visa. She can't work because of her work visa has expired. But that's probably part of the reason why she lost. I heard she was in her, uh, back to her country again. I heard that's that's what's up. How could she get back to her country if the states are not letting her fly out there? Oh. Yeah, she's in Orlando right now. So now, um, I think it was a good match. Um, again, depending on the circumstances of the match, if it was a crowd, if everything was regular, I believe Rhea Ripley wins this match. Um, 
I'm actually glad it wasn't a crowd, man. I like the noises they were making. I bet you did. Bet you did. <laughs> now, um, Edge versus Randy Orton. I liked the match. It was a little too long for me. Yeah. It, oh, it yeah. was a little too long for me. Other than that, like the match was amazing. You take, you make this match, you make this match like 25 minutes, and this match is the best match on the card. Almost. Yeah. And again, it's debatable because you, again, the Firefly Funhouse match. But, <laughs> um, and I like. Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot. There was a dark match between Big Show and then Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre beat Big Show. Well, that's Monday Night Raw. No, they, but they put it as a they they put it as a dark. They indicated it as they, a dark. They match. built it as if it was directly after WrestleMania, though. Know? Yeah, that's but it was it was raw. We all know it was raw. But Big Show raw. had a lot of motherfuckers shitting bricks, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You know what's funny though? I, w- I wanted Big Show to win though. I'm not even gonna lie. I wanted Big Show to win. I would have laughed right. if he would have won, but then dropped it again next week or something like that. I, 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 <laughs> yo, that I, I was to see. Yo, it. People probably lost their sh- would have lost their shit if he Drew McIntyre would have went for that Claymore kick and got KO punch. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That'd have been insane. <laughs> like, damn, you got out of got up out of three or four or fives, and you can get up for a, a KO punch, and again, that's it. <laughs> you lose all credibility now. If, and if Big Show would have won, it would have seemed like Vince McMahon owed him something. To be honest, bro. like yeah, like, like there's no storytelling for that shit, bro. That ain't gonna hold you. Hey, well, what y'all really thought about the match though, as far as Edge and, and Orton? Because I'm hearing a lot of people saying that it was boring. It was too long. That's 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 the only thing. But like, yeah, it was too long. That's it. Mm-hmm. Take ten. You take ten or fifteen minutes off that match. That match is amazing. It's still an amazing match, but so uh, I'm to say a forty that, minute that. The match for forty minutes, bro. <laughs> bro, was that Gargano and Chamba match like an hour? Shit. Yeah, and that I said that match was too long too. Like. Yeah, but that wasn't WrestleMania, though. That that wasn't, that also wasn't Mania. Like, that, that was like, they needed to fill an hour of NXT TV, and it was like, okay, we can put commercials here. So. I woke up like, these niggas still fighting? Yeah. (laughs) Yo, I went, um, I I was going back and forth between AEW and, um, and NXT, and I'm like, Yo, this match is still going to stop on, bro. Like, like, why? But it, it 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 is what it is. Like, like I said, Edge and Orton was, was I, like I said, it, it told a good story again. One of those matches, if there was a crowd, what's that noise? I don't know. I don't know. I know it sounds really weird. Yeah, yeah, I hear it too. That's yeah, how it sounds like, like grunting. Boom. That's how it sounds boom, 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 boom. Like, God, that shit ain't me. No, no. Dre, I think it. it's you, bro. How? It's probably your stomach. You're probably hungry, bro. I am hungry, but that's not it. Actually, it's coming from Larry. Larry. What, uh, what am I doing? I don't know. You got bass going uh, on? You listen to music over there? 
I ain't got nothing in here, bro. I'm sitting uh, back in my living room, bro. Uh, all right, well, I can't edit that out, so whatever. It's going to be an episode. So, um, um, really good episode, guys. Uh, I don't know if we missed anything, but if we did, we'll, we'll cover it later on in the week. Um, welcome back, Larry. Oh, thank you, man. I, I, I got out of my, um, I joined, you know, the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> With technology fine. and shit. That's, that's how I usually am. I don't get shit until, like, I desperately have to. Yeah. That's how I was with tech. I was amongst the last people in my friends to get texting <laughs> back in, like, 2004 or whatever. <laughs> I was like, the fuck I need texting for? Now everybody texts. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so. Yeah. So, uh, once again, shout out to the Job Tears Network, um, yep. the Job Tears Podcast, who, um, check out the YouTube. They're back on YouTube. They just, um, recorded an episode, Cats and Dogs. Mm-hmm. Again, the other shows on the network, and of course, us, the Yurt Wood Show. Um, once again, thank everybody for listening. Um, we're still looking for a guest host. Um, we know people listen. We know people have opinions, and you know everybody has Skype. So, if you want to join the episode, let us know below in, in uh, let us know by comments. Let us know uh, why you should be in the episode, and we'll pick one person, and they will be on with the Fantastic Four that we call the Your Sports Show. So, just for Tavia, you know she might she might yeah. <laughs> you know what? Gotta, gotta the no, no, Matt, don't rile her up, bro. Right? Damn. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I've been mad calm this whole episode. This whole episode, bro. I don't feel like bleeping out any n words, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Larry, I got her, Larry. I got her the other night. <laughs> All right, yo, bro. Like, he got her the other, like, uh, like two episodes. Last episode. Ago. Oh, no, two, two, two or three episodes ago, and he, like, he got her to say, like, like she said, nigga. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yo, I was on the floor, bro. <laughs> Yo, that was so funny. And, uh, and fucking Matt is trying to do it again, bro. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm just saying, like. Matt, you a real hill, bro. You say, right. stupid, she's gonna, she's gonna kill you. <laughs> so for the legend, one word, Larry Morgan. One word for Queen Captain Falcon, Queen Tay. Yep. Hide your glass door. For <laughs> oh God, bro. For BK Matt, who keeps poking the bear, is gonna get the beast. <laughs> not gonna do it no more. I'm sorry. What was it? You gonna keep poking the bear? You gonna get the dragon, Larry? Uh-huh. What was it? I'm not going to it do It was, um, yeah, something like that. You keep poking yeah. the bed, you know, release the dragon or something yeah, shit like that. some shit like that. <laughs> In, inside, inside the joke, guys. Um, <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it anymore, I promise. <laughs> and, right. And for, for me, your boy, Big Baby, we mm-hmm. are signing off.